when you have a minute. Well, if you open your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, that's going to be our, our, our key passage, and I'll get to it in just a minute. Um, as, as is so often the case, I, I'm going to warn you up front, I have a lot of, a lot of scripture today. There's a lot of passages uh, they'll all be up on the screen, so if you're feeling like, man, Barry, you're going through a lot of verses, I can't get there fast enough, that's okay, make note of them. Uh, they're also available in the YouVersion Bible app. If you go in there and you, you pull up our uh, electronic bulletin, all of the verses of Scripture are listed there as well, and so you can check those out there. Um, but Luke 10 is going to be when we, where we land here in a few minutes. We started a series a couple weeks ago, the beginning of the year, called Calibrate. We're talking about calibrating our hearts and calibrating our lives to the Word of God and to His direction for our lives. You know, it's the new year, and we've had this conversation about goal setting, setting goals, or, or writing down uh, New Year's resolutions, right? I'm resolving this year to do this or that. I'm going to eat better, or I'm going to lose weight, or I'm going to discipline myself to do this, that, or the other. I'm going to get out of debt. This year, I'm getting out of debt, and we write down these goals, and those are all good things, and maybe... Your resolutions and goals are even more expansive than that. You, you press into even deeper things, which is awesome. Goals are good, but, but there's something that's more important. In fact, there's something that's infinitely more important than writing goals and, and resolutions, and it's this, hearing and obeying the voice of God. Hearing and obeying the voice of God. See, because on my best day, I come up with bad ideas. On my very best day, I'm coming up with bad ideas. I come up with okay ideas, and so do you. But apart from the wisdom of God, the very best I have to offer falls short of what He has for me, right? And so what's more important than writing down goals and, 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 and resolutions is stopping and saying, God, what do you have for me? What is that you're calling me to this year? So I don't, I don't say things like, well, what do I want to achieve this year? I say, God, what do you want to do through me and in me this year? What are you calling me to this year? That is more important. That's the better question to ask. And in order to find that out, we need to calibrate our hearts and minds to be, be able to identify, hear, and obey the Word of God in our lives. God is speaking. He is always speaking. He wants to speak more and more and more. So calibrate. What does this word mean? Why calibrate? Well, the definition of calibrate is this. It's to adjust precisely for a particular function. To adjust precisely, and that's a key word there. Precision is important. If you're going to go in for surgery, right, you want to make sure that the equipment is calibrated, right? Because your life depends on, depends on it, and so you want to make sure it's calibrated. Now, I, you know, I've gone in for surgery before, and I don't ask the doctor or the surgeon, hey, did you guys calibrate the machines before? Does every, right? you're, you're, you're walking by faith that they've done their job, and when you wake up on the other end, you're like, good. Uh, they were calibrated. This is good. Any instrument that needs to be calibrated, though, needs a standard to which it can be calibrated. It needs a standard. So if you're playing an instrument, you have a tuner. If you're playing a guitar, right, whether it's on your, your iPhone or your, 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 your smart device or it's an actual, some of them have them built in or, you know, Jacques has like the pedals, right, that he lays out and he's like doing it and there's a tuner in there somewhere. Like, like does that ever, like, 
the non-guitar players in the room, you see those pedals. I'm like, how do you even make sense of all of that? Um, but you tune to a standard. If you're using, you know, uh, scientific equipment, you, you, you calibrate to a standard. Scale is adjusted to a standard to make sure that it's accurate. Uh, in the case of what we talked about last week, the altimeter on an aircraft is, is calibrated and has to be recalibrated constantly to the atmospheric pressure so that the, the, the reading on that, that gauge is accurate so that the aircraft can land where it needs to land. In our case, we calibrate to God. We calibrate to God, that He is the standard in our lives. And in fact, today we'll be talking about the Word of God, that God's Word becomes the standard to which we calibrate our lives. And I made this statement last week, and it was one of those, every now and again, something, I'll say something during a message that's not in my notes, and I'm like, oh, I've got to remember to write that down. And I believe that those are little gifts, little gems from the Holy Spirit. Why? Because on my best day, I come up with okay ideas. But when I submit to him, I'm like, wow, that, that was good. Um, we calibrate to, uh, to God. He never calibrates to us. We calibrate to God. He never calibrates to us. Yet, you know, I, I find so many believers, and even in my own life, that I've, I come to these places where things aren't going the way that I want them to go, and so my prayer sounds something like this, God, do for me what I want. I'm asking him to calibrate to my reality, to my life, to what's going on with me, rather than me saying, God, this doesn't seem to be working what is it that you're trying to communicate to me in this so I can readjust my life to what you have for me? And I believe if we can make that simple adjustment in our walk with the Lord, it would turn so many things around, that it would shift the focus, and that we would start seeing momentum in the right direction. Psalm 119, 105 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man shall not live on bread alone, but for, no, on every word. Not, not some of the words. On every word. Everyone say Every. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. So here's the deal. God has a particular function for you. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. In fact, in a few minutes here, we're going to take a look at Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite passages in Scripture. Um, but, but He has a purpose for your life. But you need to calibrate to His voice and to His word to ensure that you achieve or you align with that function and purpose. So a couple of weeks ago, we kicked this series off by talking about Samuel, the boy Samuel, not the man Samuel. Samuel at eight years old, in the tabernacle, his, his mom had given him to the service of the Lord when he was three years old because of the promise, the vow she made, if you give me a son, Lord, I'll give him to you, sir, your service, and that's exactly what she did. So he's been in the taber tabernacle now. The estimate is about five years. He's probably about eight years old. And he wakes up in the middle of the night because a voice is calling out to him, saying his name, Samuel, Samuel. 
He thinks it's Eli. The, the priest goes to Eli three times, and finally Eli realizes uh, Samuel is hearing from God. The thing that was important to note was that that passage says in, in 1 Samuel there that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. People were not hearing the voice of God. And I believe it's not because God wasn't speaking or he didn't desire to speak, but they were so far away from the heart of God that they couldn't hear his voice anymore. For the moms in the room, right, when your kids are out playing, hey, you can go play, but you can't go any further than the sound of my voice, right? They had gotten away from the sound of his voice. And so out of everyone in the nation of Israel, God chooses to speak to an eight-year-old boy. Finally, Eli says to Samuel, go back, and when you hear him calling you again, he tells him what to say, and those words were simply, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And at that moment, at eight years old, God begins to speak and reveal things to Samuel, uh, and not easy things, by the way. If you read that story, at eight years old, God starts telling things to Samuel that were hard to hear. But through the rest of his life, Samuel would lead the nation of Israel as a, as, a, as a prophet and a priest and speak truth into that nation. My heart, my desire for us as a church is that our posture would be the same as Samuel. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Do you, you notice that it's a choice, though? Right? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put myself in a place where I'm going to hear your voice. It's an appropriate response. And then last week, we were reminded that Jesus only did what the Father told him to do. In fact, John 12, 49, Jesus says this, for I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. That even Jesus didn't just speak on his own. He relied on the Father, and he, he always went back to, what does God want to say? And I'm going to say that. What does the Father want me to do? And I'm going to do that. I'm going to move in the direction that he wants. And, and my statement last week was this. If, if it was important for Jesus to do, it's probably important for me to do and for you to do, right? I remember years ago, they came out with the bracelets, the WWJD, Right? And it was, it was cool, it was a good question to ask, but, but really it should be more than a bracelet. It should be the, the, the posture of our lives is, Jesus, if, you, if it was important for you, it's important for me. Without picking and choosing, why? Because we, we don't live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, Jesus' life provides the perfect template for us. It is the calibration standard for Christians. When we calibrate our lives, we calibrate our lives to Christ and nothing else, and nothing else. We touched on the importance of prayer and worship last Sunday. We looked at those two and, and talked about how prayer, how in prayer we, we hear the voice of God, we attune ourselves to the voice of God. Now, worship affects our attitude and I used the, the illustration of the flight instruments on an aircraft. And I want to put those up real quick. We can take a, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these today, but just by way of reminder, these are the primary instruments that a pilot uses when piloting an aircraft from one destination to another. Now, if you've ever seen a commercial airline cockpit, uh, you know that there are way more knobs and buttons and screens and lots of things and blinky lights and all kinds of stuff. When I was a kid, because of my love for aviation, um, 
I had a, a poster that had under a glass on my desk, and it was the cockpit of a Concord at night, and it was all lit up, and it was, it was, and I would sit there and pretend that I was flying, and it was, it was my first flight simulator. By the way, I got to go to LAX this week to pick a friend up, and uh, I sat it in and out with my old ATC, my air traffic control scanner, and I watched the planes land. So I was going to post something on Facebook, but I was too busy watching the planes land. Um, the pilot uses these to make sure that you arrive safely at your destination. And each one of these instruments, in fact, there's, there's specifically four of them, the, 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 the three on the top and then the one in the middle on the bottom that have little adjustment knobs because they have to be calibrated because if you don't calibrate, you crash. And that's not a good thing, right? And so the pilot's constantly adjusting. And I was thinking this morning... You know, there's some people who say, well, I'm, I'm a prayer warrior. I'm just a prayer person. And there's other people who are like, I'm just a worshiper, right? And then you get the third person. I'm all about the Word. It's just the Word of God. You've never, ever seen a pilot go, I'm an altimeter guy. Right? No, 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 no. Listen. Heading, heading, uh, heading indicator, it's all about the heading indicator. You guys, altimeter guys, you guys are just way too emotional. You're way too up and down. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Right? It sounds silly, and it is silly. See, because in our lives as believers, as we calibrate, we don't just calibrate, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to worship. I'm just going to pray more. It takes all of these things being constantly adjusted in our lives, daily adjusted in our lives so we can hear the voice of God. So today I want to talk about calibrating to the Word of God. Along with prayer and worship, we need to calibrate our lives to the Word of God. I said Luke, the book of Luke, we'll be there in a second, um, but I do want to flip over to Second Chronicles chapter 1. We're going to start talking about Solomon. Second Chronicles chapter 1, starting in verse 7. King Solomon, the son of David, was uh, an amazing, amazing king. He wrote the book of Proverbs, and he accomplished amazing things in his life. But it all started right here in this passage of Scripture. Starting verse 7, that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Okay, let's stop there for a second. If God came to you, not you, to, to you tonight in your bed, you're sleeping and he woke you up and he says, hey, ask me for anything, right? It's kind of the genie in the bottle kind of, you get three wishes. If God came to you tonight and said, ask me for anything, anything you ask me, I'll give it to you. What would you ask for? What would you ask for? Well, here's how Solomon responded. Solomon answered God, You have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed. For you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may, I may lead these people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? And God said to Solomon, since your heart's desire, uh, since your heart's desire and, and, and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, 
nor for the death of your enemies. <laughs> That's a good one. And since you have not asked for long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you, and I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor, such as no king who, who, who was before you ever had, and none after you will have. And that is true. They say of Solomon, there was no one who had splendor and riches like Solomon did. And it all started because he came to God when given the opportunity, Lord, kill my enemies, just take them out, right? He doesn't ask for that. Lord, give me wisdom and give me understanding. Give me wisdom and give me understanding. God, I need your word. I need you to speak to me. I need you to direct me. I need you to shine a light on my path so I can know how to lead your people. God, give me wisdom. And God's response, I'll give that to you and then some. In fact, Jesus echoes this, this idea in the New Testament where he says, seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Amen? So when we come to calibrating our hearts to the word, we have to pause for a second. We have to consider someone like Solomon and say, okay, he had his head on his shoulders right. right? His head was on straight because he asked for the right thing. And so as we come to calibrating the word, our lives to the word, we have to ask ourselves, what am I asking for? What am I looking for when I come to the word? Is, is it just simply checking a, a checkbox to say I got it done? Is, is it just kind of going to the scriptures that I like, that are my, kind of my go-to? I've got my four verses that I read, and that's it. That, or for some people, it's this. I'm just going to kind of open and hope that um, what I point at is, is applicable. What am I looking for? What am I asking for? The appropriate way to come to the Word of God is to say, Lord, I want wisdom. In fact, James, later on in the New Testament, says, if anyone lacks wisdom, what should he do? Ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. It will be given. God says he will pour out wisdom into your life. He will give you understanding in the same way that he did for Solomon. And we know that because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that gave wisdom and understanding to Solomon wants to do the same for you. The first Sunday we started the series, I mentioned how busy we are. Our lives are busy. Our lives are full. There's a lot of things going on. And I imagine, I'm, I'm just guessing for you, but I, I, it's probably accurate. Between work and family and recreation and church and all of these things, we, our lives are full. So maybe the question for you is, well, when? How? What does this look like? And where do I find time to be in the Word? So Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 is where we really get the answer Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, and Jesus and his disciples were on their way, and he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? And it was probably a lot more whiny than that, right? Lord, 
little, you know, bead of sweat trickling down her brow. <laughs> Tell her to help me. Contrast the posture. Mary sitting, listening. Martha coming and demanding. Tell her to help me. Jesus' response. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. In the midst of the busyness, the house is full of people. These sisters who, who love to, to be hospitable, right? Part of the culture was you welcome people into your home and you prepare a place and you wash their feet and you cook the food and there's, there's activity happening. Mary broke with tradition. She broke with culture. She, she broke with everything that was her, her, her responsibility and, 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 and appropriate for her to do. And she just said, you know what? I don't care that my house is full of these people. I don't care that the dishes aren't done and the food's not ready. I don't care. I don't care that my, my sister is bugging me. I am going to go and sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to everything he says. And she made a choice to sit at his feet. So, of course, Martha is bothered. She's irritated. She's busy. And she's even busier now because Mary's not helping her out. She comes and complains. And I love Jesus' response. Mary has chosen the better thing. Well, doesn't Jesus just want us to be diligent and get the work done? No, Jesus wants us to sit at his feet. Because here's what I've learned in my walk with the Lord. When I stop and I take time to sit at his feet and listen to his voice, the work is not nearly as difficult. The work becomes easier. Or I get to choose and say, you know what, that work's not that important. I really don't need to do that. Jesus said of Mary, she has chosen the better thing. Calibrating our lives to the word of God is a choice. It is a daily choice. Now, when I fly on an airplane, I am so glad that the pilot chooses to calibrate the instruments. Are you? Come on, it's a choice. He doesn't have to, but he does. For you and me, coming to the Lord daily, we don't have to, but if we don't, if we choose not to, we're not choosing the better thing. Well, I don't have time. I'm busy. I've got to go here and there. No, 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 no. Those are excuses, not reasons. Those are excuses, not reasons. I know when I started kind of saying that to the Lord, well, Lord, I'm, I'm busy. And he goes, how much TV did you watch today? Right? Shut me right up. How much time did you spend on Facebook today or on social media or whatever the distraction is? There's the time. It's about making a choice to say, I'm going to calibrate my life to the Lord. So let's take a look at Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Like that, it's usually where we stop, right? It's one of those go-to go passages, right? We stencil it on a piece of you know, pallet wood and put it on the wall in our house, right? You can look it up on Pinterest. It's the next verse, though, 
It's the next verse in, in, in verse 13 after that. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. See, because, because God's plans for you are not going to just show up with a UPS driver, right? Hey, you didn't order this, but it came anyway. doesn't happen that way. When you seek the Lord with all your heart, He says, when you call out to me, I'll hear you, and I'll, I'll respond to you. And by the way, this passage, this, this promise was given to the children of Israel when they were in captivity in Babylon. And not at the end of that captivity, they were at the beginning of the captivity, They were still going to be in Babylon for 70 more years. And so God gives this promise, I have a plan to prosper you. And you will seek me and you'll find me and I'll hear you. And and and, and, and if you seek me with all your heart. But by the way, it's going to take 70 years. We don't stencil that on a piece of wood, do we? Right? But God's timing is perfect and we take him at his word he will move in our lives the way he wants to move in our lives because he knows better. The key here is calling on him, praying to him, seeking him, and then he says, you will find me. We talked last week. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. We just have to come to a place where we slow down, where we stop and say, okay, God, what do you want to speak to me? And he goes, okay. Now that your heart is ready, let me speak to you. And give you an illustration. It's like an athlete who goes into training. An athlete will repeat the same motion over and over and over and over again. Right? If you're a quarterback, you're just throwing passes all day long. You'll spend time in the weight room and you'll do cardio and all of that. But the biggest thing you're going to do is get behind the ball and start throwing the ball. You're going to throw it every way you can. You're going to throw it short. You're going to throw it long. You're going to do the pitch, the handoff, all of that. And you're just going to work the ball. If you're a golfer, right, you're, it's the swing. You're just swinging. You're getting out there and you're swinging and you're swinging and, and you're hitting balls. You're going to the driving range. And, and, and this is, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, the hack golfer who just goes out once every few months. PGA level golfers, professional golfers spend as much time, even more time, practicing their swing than they don't just show up at the course and say, hey, I'm going to go play a round of golf and, and win a million dollars. It doesn't work that way. They put hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of work in. They videotape themselves and, 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 they, and they make sure that that swing and they just repeat it over and over and over again. A baseball player swinging a bat. Every one of these things, a swimmer swimming laps over and over and over again, and it's this repetitive thing. A basketball player, right, shooting, shooting free throws, just trying. I've got to get good at this, get that muscle memory going, because you know what, when in the game, I just need to be able to rely on it to, to do what it's supposed to do. In the case of a musician, musicians play scales, right? Playing scales. Any, anyone ever take piano lessons, and you had to do scales? Anyone drive your parents absolutely crazy, right, playing scales? Why? Because scales is not a song. You never went to a concert and heard someone play scales. But you understand in music theory, understanding scales and how music theory works, and that's about where my understanding ends, um, (laughs) 
right? There's, there's progression that happens, and the scales teach you what that is. So when you're playing the song, you just know what's coming next. I watch musicians that will get together, and a bunch of musicians have never met each other, and they'll start jamming, right? I don't get jamming. I'd be all jammed up. <laughs> They're jamming, and it's just, and you're like, this is, that's amazing. Why? Because they've done the work of understanding the music theory and playing the scales so they can know what's coming next. They can anticipate what's going to happen, and so they play scales. Now, a really good athlete or a really good musician doesn't just go it on their own. They're going to actually have a coach or a teacher who will work with them. And what does a coach have that, that you wouldn't have? Experience, right? Because... I would say most coaches, if not all coaches, very rarely do you find a coach who didn't actually do play the same sport or play the same instrument. And so what they bring is their experience, and then they sit with you and say, you're going to benefit from my experience. You're young, you're learning, you're, you're new at this, but I have experience, and so I'm going to speak into this. And, 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 and they've put in the work. They've seen the results. They've been coached and they've been taught. And then you then get to take advantage of their experience in your own life. In fact, this week, uh, the LA Rams hired a new coach, right? And you guys know what the big, kind of the big story was? Youngest, youngest head coach in the history of the NFL. He's 30 years old. And, and why that's important is, the, qu- the big question is, does he have the experience to lead a team. And what I love in the word of God is that God's not a respecter of age. He, he chooses an eight-year-old to speak to. He, another eight-year-old becomes the king of a nation, right? So, so God's more concerned about the heart, and he's like, I'll, I'll work with you. I want to see the character. And so, you know, the Rams have decided, hey, we're going to go with this, this younger guy because we believe he, he actually had, by the way, he was a quarterback. He played football. He was, he, he's got experience uh, as an offensive coordinator. I'm just impressed that I know that. Um, and so they're like, hey, we're going to give this guy a chance. But, but now, they wouldn't hire me. There, there's no way they're going to hire me because I have no experience. I have zero experience. I've watched football on TV. Uh, I've gone to my son's football games. But they're not going to call me up and go, Hey, we're looking for a new coach for the Rams. Barry, we heard you're available. Would you come coach the Rams? Not going to happen because I don't have the experience. See, having a coach that has experience can make all the difference. You learn from their experience. In fact, we gain wisdom in really two primary ways, through our own experience and through the experience of others. As the Lord would use those two avenues in your own life, in your own walk, you know, you do something and it doesn't work and you go, oh, I've got to learn from that. That's wisdom, right? If I hit my thumb with a hammer, right, I'm learning a, an important lesson. That lesson is the next time I'm using a hammer, keep your fingers out of the way, right? And that's usually a mistake you don't make too often in your life, especially if that's your career. You're like, hey, I keep, I keep the important parts away from the hard, you know, hitting parts. Let's keep this... That's wisdom. Now, foolishness would be every time hitting your hand with the hammer. Go find something else to do. That's just, that's not a good idea. But wisdom is adding to that, that understanding and saying, I want to learn through your own experience. But we also learn through the experience of others. So if Jim were to come to me and say, hey, 
I was working on this project the other day, and I had the hammer, and I, I whacked the nail, but my finger is in the way. And man, look at my finger, and it's all puffed up and blue and black. And I'd be like, man, that looks horrible. And then I'd pray for him, because that's what a good pastor does. And, and then I'd be like, I'm not going to do that. Right? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hit my finger with a hammer. I'm learning through the experience of others. Listen to what Romans 15 verse 4 says. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. That means that this book is for you. It is wisdom for you. It is understanding for you. You get to learn through the experience of other people. See, because in Scripture you have some of the most amazing teachers. You can look at the faith of Joseph who removed from his family and his nation and his people and his language and everything at a young age managed to follow God without wavering. For 20 years. That's incredible faith. The boldness of Esther to go to the king. Knowing that it cost, could cost her her life. But she goes anyway. Why? For such a time as this. The leadership of David. Taking a ragtag bunch of guys. You can read about it in 2 Samuel chapter 21. 400 guys show up to David. Who's hiding in a cave. And it says that they were discouraged. And they, and they were depressed. And they were in debt. Not a winning group of guys. And it says that David became their leader and he led them into battle. And out of that 400 came his 40 mighty men. You can read about the wisdom of Solomon or the passion of Peter. Come on, Peter had some passion. Peter is also really good at putting his foot in his mouth. So it's not just the... the right. I love that not everyone in Scripture is perfect. In fact, Jesus is the only perfect one. Everyone else was a hot mess like you and me. And you can learn from their mistakes as well as their achievements and victories. You can read about the transformation of Paul going from a man who persecuted the church to writing half of the New Testament. These coaches, these teachers are available to you. Imagine if a professional athlete or a world-famous musician or a cordon bleu chef, trained chef, came to you and said, I would like to spend an hour a day for the next month teaching you. What will you say? I'm busy. Right? Carlos Santana came to a guitar player and said, hey, I want to spend an hour a day with you for the next month teaching you what I know. You would make space in your schedule. Right? If Bobby Flay came to you and said, Listen, I want to teach you to cook, I will come to your house every day and I will teach you how to cook. You would make space in your schedule. If Tony Rome, no, that's a bad example. Had to get that in once for you Cowboys fans. God loves Cowboys fans too. <laughs> Amen. 
It's been a tough couple of weeks of football. You would jump at the opportunity. You would jump at the opportunity. You know that God comes to you and he says, listen, I have the most amazing people, their stories, their lives, their words, their, their, everything just wrapped right up here for you. And if you would just take some time every day to sit at my feet and listen, I will impart wisdom and understanding and knowledge like you've never seen before. It's available to you in the Word of God. We have to calibrate our lives to the Word of God because God's not going to calibrate to us. And we need to be more like a Mary and less like a Martha and say, Lord, I'm going to choose the better thing. Yeah, there's a lot to do. Yeah, there's a lot of business, but I am choosing to sit at your feet and listen to what you have to say. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, Paul writing to, to Timothy, all Scripture, everyone say all Scripture. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God, that's you, by the way, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There's some absolutes in there, right? All Scripture is useful, so that the servant may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Some bold statements that are made here, but that is God's promise to you, that He will use His Word to teach you to rebuke you. You're like, no, I don't, I don't want that part, right? So I'm just going to stick to the verses that I know that are the encouraging verses, right? It was like Pollyanna. You remember the movie Pollyanna? We're just going to read the happy verses in Scripture. No, no. We're going to read all of Scripture so that God can teach me, He can rebuke me, He can correct me, and He can train me in righteousness so that I can be equipped for every good work. We have to calibrate our lives, our hearts, our time, our emotions, our, our thinking to the Word of God. We have to surrender ourselves and come to Him and say, Lord, speak to me. All right, let's get practical a little bit. So how? What does that look like? One of the biggest questions I get from people who are, are new believers, new to following Jesus is, where do I start? And a lot of people say, well, I'm going to start at the beginning and just start reading through. And by the time you get to Leviticus, you've lost your faith, right? <laughs> right, this is, this is crazy. What am I reading, right? We need a plan. We need to be able to access the Word of God and be able to tap into the riches and into the stories and read all of Scripture so that we can mine the best of what it has to offer well, it can seem overwhelming. There's so much. Well, this is where the Holy Spirit comes into, into play. See, because when you come to the Word of God, God says that His, His Word is, is breathed. It's God-breathed. That means the Holy Spirit has, has, uh, has given it to us. He's breathed it out to us. He's spoken it to us. And as much as it's words on a page, when we're reading it, the Word comes to life in our hearts and in our spirits. And so we align ourselves and say, hey, Holy Spirit, speak to me today. And I tell you this, there has never been a single time that I've come to the Word of God, opened it and said, Holy Spirit, speak to me, that He didn't. Most days I'm having to go, whoa, I have to choose a, between a few things. 
Some days I just like, I want to read that again because that was hard. We need a way, a, a mechanism by which we can access it. So here's what we do at our church, and I want to walk us through. So many of you are familiar with this, but it's a good reminder for those of you who are new to the system. Uh, we simply do this. We have an acronym called SOAP, S-O-A-P, which I love because it's the Word of God that really washes us, right? How many of you shower every... Don't raise your hand. Um, <laughs> it's the Word of God that washes and cleanses our lives, and so we use this acronym SOAP. It stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. See, but before we get to the soap, there's a few things that need to happen. First of all, pick a time. Pick a time daily. And I find that for me, it's better that it's consistently the same time. I'm not a morning person, but, but I, I know this. I've come to learn that it's better if I do it in the morning. What's the right time? Well, the question really is, what's, when are you at your best? When are you at the best? If you're a morning person... Read in the morning. If it takes you a while to get started in the morning and you would rather wait till a bit later in the day, wait till you're your best. If you're one of those night owls, read at night. But when are you at your best? See, this is because this is not like bashing over your, you over the head. This is for you, right? This is for you. And so you pick the time where you're at your best so you can receive the best that God has for you. And pick a place. Pick the right place. Again, this is different for everyone. I mean, the goal would be be, be somewhat distraction-free. Even that's different for different people. I love doing my devotions like at Starbucks or classic coffee. And it's not a distraction for me to have people around. Uh, in fact, if I'm on my own in my office and the door's closed, I'm more distracted there than I am with just people moving around. But for maybe you, maybe for you, it's... I need everything crystal, like just totally quiet, totally quiet, no one around, no one speaking. Find a place, set a place that you want to go and, and be alone with the Lord. And then you need a plan. See, why a plan? Well, a plan helps you not just stay on track, but it also introduces you to portions of Scripture you may not have read before. I talk to so many people, and I've even been in this boat where I have... The, the books that I like to read. And there's portions of Scripture when I read through my reading plan, I'm like, I've never seen that before. I don't recall ever reading that before. Maybe I read it once, years ago. And so it, get, it, it opens you up to different portions of Scripture. We use, uh, here at, at Thrive Church, we use the Solid Life Reading Plan. The Solid Life Reading Plan. It's a, it's a plan uh, that was developed at the Rock Church uh, down in Anaheim, and it's really adapted from the Life Journal reading plan, which Pastor Wayne Cadero in Hawaii developed a number of years ago. Here's what I love about both the Solid Life and the Life Journal reading plan is uh, that Foursquare churches all over this country and all over the world read the same plan, which I love because I have friends reading the same plan that I am. That I am. They live in other towns, other cities, other states, other countries, and we can say, hey, did you read that today? And did you catch that in the Word today? And it becomes a point of connect even there. So how do you access that? Well, there's a couple of ways. Um, here in a few minutes, uh, we're going to have the ushers pass these out. We made a bookmark, and it's the first quarter of the year, and it has the daily reading plan on it. Um, you can just stick that right in your Bible, 
And there's a little checkbox where you can, for those who are like the checkbox people, you have to see those boxes checked, put that in for you. Um, that's one way you can access it. You've probably noticed in the church bulletin every Sunday, the reading for the week is listed right there in the bulletin, right? I want to make this as easy as, as possible for you to access. The other way is on your, smart, uh, your smartphone or your iPad. Um, I, w- I want to put up on the screen here. So we have the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, it's one of the most downloaded apps, uh, in, in, at least on the Apple, in the Apple Store, I imagine, on the Google Play or whatever platform you're on. Um, it has been downloaded. It's in, it, all around the world in all kinds of different languages. Um, so you can find that on your phone. And this, I want to walk you through what it looks like. This is on my phone. We'll put up the next slide. So if you download the app, the main screen looks like that. I didn't realize that that bottom, that didn't work. <laughs> Little screens in the way, but right in the bottom, when you download the app, there's a little little uh, icon right in the bottom. It says plans, and it looks like a little calendar. I put the, the yellow arrow won't be on your app, but you click on that, and it'll take you to this screen. And this is the reading plan. Now that's my reading plan, the Solid, Solid Life Full Bible reading plan. But over on the right, it says discover. If you click on that, it'll take you to a screen where you can put in your search, search bar, and just say solid life. If you just type solid life, it'll pop up and it'll say this. It'll say solid life, full Bible reading plan. There's also, they just added this this year, the solid life New Testament reading plan. If you're going, hey, I'm just kind of getting started, and, and I, I see all of those scriptures, and it's a little overwhelming, then start with the New, New Testament reading plan. The solid life, full Bible plan takes you through the entire Bible once, through the New Testament actually twice. And, and so it's a pretty extensive, but most people can get the reading done in about 25, 30 minutes. What I love is on the app, there's actually an audio version, so I can play it. I can put my, head, my earbuds in, so I'll be working out or in the car, and I'll play the audio from the Bible, and I'll be able to just meditate on it even more. Um, so if you click on that, uh, and it'll take you to this, you'll start your reading plan, and you'll see it'll have each day. And then the reading for that day, you click on those, it'll take you through the reading, and then it'll actually check the boxes. So if you're a box checker, it still satisfies that for you, tells you if you're on track. Um, it's a great tool. It actually, you know, you have to, uh, I believe you have to create an account, um, a free account to be able to do the notes and all of that. But I encourage you, I mean, most people have smart devices now, and, and it's an easy way uh, to access the Word of God. Um, so there's options for you uh, to be able to, to access the Word of God. Here's, let's do this. Jim, when we uh, receive the offering later, let's split those cards kind of and put them in the baskets. When the basket comes by, why don't you just go ahead and grab one of those? How often do you get to take something out of the offering basket, right? Um, <laughs> so you need a plan, and then you need a journal, well, I love hearing this from people. I'm not a, I don't journal. I'm not a journaler. My sister journals. I don't journal. My wife journals. I don't journal. Okay, this is not your deepest, darkest secret. It's not journaling about your crush. It's not just random thoughts, right? You're going to capture the Word of God. If that athlete, that musician, if that chef came to your house, I guarantee you're going to be there with whatever device you can find, every mechanism you can find to capture as much information as you can because you've got limited time. I want to remember everything I can. A journal allows you 
to capture those thoughts. And they, whether it's a paper journal, you can just get a, a, a nice a, you know, bound, leather-bound book. Some people like to have it real pretty. Some people like to, to have space where they can draw in the margin. I've actually switched from paper. I'm using an electronic. I use uh, the, the app Evernote, and I keep all my notes in Evernote. What I love about it is it's accessible to me. I can search the, uh, my journal entries uh, going back for you know, really a couple of years now. And so if there's something going on in my life, and I'm like, hey, I remember God speaking to me about that at some point. There was a nugget of wisdom he gave me. I can actually search it and go back and find uh, that journal entry. The, 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 the goal is this, whatever works for you. But pick something and then start implementing it. Okay, let's talk about soap. How does this work? It's not overwhelming. It's really, really simple. So, so I'll walk you through what I do. I come to, uh, you know, I'll go to Classic Coffee, for instance. I get my coffee. I get set up. I have everything that I need. I've got my Bible. I've got my journal. I make sure that my, my phone is on silent. One of the things, by the way, I like to keep on hand or I do on my, on my iPad is I, I keep uh, notes of things that pop into my head. How many of you, when you've been reading the Bible, you start thinking about everything else in the world, right? Man, Lord God, you love me so much. Oh, I need to change the light bulb in the refrigerator. <laughs> right? It just happens, and it's just it's normal. And so what you can do if you have a place or a notepad where you can just dump those things onto a notepad and say, i got to remember that, that's fine, then it's done, and you can move on. And so it's just, just a handy thing. I always start with this, just a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, speak to me today. As I come to the word, would you illuminate scripture? Would you speak to me? Now, your prayer doesn't have to be that prayer. It'll be like writing notes. What did you say? Just whatever comes, like, just talk to God. Say, God, I need you today. Speak to me out of your word. And it just is calibrating your life to his. Start with the S, with scripture. So you find that day, if you were on the bookmark, you'd find the, the day. So today is January 15th. And so the reading today is Luke 15, Job 19 and 20, and Revelation 10. Luke 15, Job 19 through 20, and Revelation 10. And I'll go, okay, I'm going to read all of these passages. Now, now let's say you are pressed for time that day. And say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do the New Testament reading. So I'm going to read Luke 15. I'm just going to read that passage and, um, and maybe I'll come back to those others later in the day. And you just read through those, just thinking and just praying, Lord, what do you want to, what, what do you want to speak to me? Kind of just taking note of well, what's standing out. For me, sometimes I'll get halfway through the reading and there'll be a verse of scripture that just nails me, jumps off the page and says, this is for you today, Barry. And I'll stop and I'll just journal on that. Sometimes I'll go through all of the reading and then I'll go back and I'll say, okay, and the goal here is to just pick one passage. Just pick one passage. Say, I want to journal on that. And so in your journal, what you would do is at the top, you would put S. And then actually write out the scripture. Write it out. And there's something about writing scripture and rewriting scripture that's powerful. It kind of, you know, as teachers, the teachers in the room would know, we rewrite things because it helps us to commit it to memory. And so you write that passage out so you have the reference there. Then you move on to the O, the observation. We're going to do observation. And this is simply uh, looking at what's happening. So let's say we were reading the passage about Mary and Martha. You read that and go, well, what's happening? Well, there were some guests that came over, and there was a lot of people in the house. And, 
and, and Martha was really stressed out, but Mary had chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus. And just observe, it's a good practice, what's happening in Scripture. It doesn't have to be a theological treatise on the, right? You're not writing a commentary. It's for you. I'm not going to grade it. It's for you. So write what stands out to you. And then application, the A. So what does it mean to you? How is this going to impact your life? What about what you've just read will bring about change and transformation and calibration in your life? So in the case of Mary and Martha, I might write something like, my life is busy, and sometimes I'm more like Martha than I am like Mary. But God's desire is that I would sit at his feet like Mary did. In fact, that's the better thing. That's it. Do you see the wisdom right there? You didn't even have to come to church to get that. That's not an invitation. Um, and then you finish it with a prayer. Lord, I pray today that you would help me have the heart of Mary and not be busy like Martha. Help me today to focus on your word, to sit at your feet and to listen to what you have to speak. That's it. You're done. Can you imagine doing that every day? Day after day, at the end of the year, you would have a journal full of gold nuggets of treasure, of wisdom that God has deposited, not to me, right? And some people are like, well, I read my utmost for the highest by Oswald Chambers. That's great, but Oswald Chambers is not God. Don't calibrate to Oswald Chambers. In fact, what I know about Oswald Chambers and Beth Moore or whoever is they calibrate to God. And I know that if they were there here, they would say, no, 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 no. This is in addition to the word. This is just, but don't replace that. Go to God himself. So go to the word and allow him to start speaking to you. Mary chose the better thing. I want to encourage you this week. In fact, I'm going to challenge you this week with your bookmark or your app or whatever, if you, have, if you have one of the journals that has the reading plan, take the bulletin if you need to. But I want to challenge you this week. Make a commitment this week to go every day without missing a day of being in the Word. Make a commitment. Decide right now, you know, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to journal. I'm going to find a, a way to write it down. But do one week. Just do one week. And see by next Sunday what God has spoken to you. See if there is any difference, any change in your life. I'm going to close with this. About a month and a half ago, I shared with you guys that I was getting ready to start a training program. And uh, I, it, my trainer, who's a pastor down in Santa Ana, was laughing. He's like, man, that is some accountability. In fact, at our Christmas party, our church Christmas party, like everyone was watching what was on my plate. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, and I didn't know what I was getting into. I knew this. I needed help because I'd gone to the gym before. I'd done diets before, and, and it didn't work. And I realized this. Part of it was I didn't know what I was doing. I needed someone to help me. And so Terry Miller, this pastor in Santa Ana, came alongside me, and he's like, all right, I'm going to tell you what to eat, and I'm going to tell you how to exercise. And he designed a custom workout plan for me now, here's the thing. I, wanna, I really want to lose some stuff around the midsection here, right? So, so what's my plan always? Crunches and sit-ups. Because I just want to target, right? 
I have done more squats in the last month and a half and more variations of squats, body weight squats, 80-20 squats, sumo squats, step-up squats. I'm like telling you, and I'm thinking that's the wrong part of the body. But here's what Terry told me. He goes, your legs and your rear end are the foundation of your body. And a person who just jumps into doing uh, push-ups and crunches will actually hurt themselves and then stop. I didn't know that. I needed a trainer to come alongside of me and say, here's what you need to do. Now, this is, this is the cool part. I weigh less today than I have in 18 years. Because, and, and believe me, I was like, do I even share? I want to keep you guys updated because I want it to be an encouragement to you because it's transforming my life. Because where I've given effort, effort, effort before without result simply having someone who knows more than I do come alongside and say, let me help you, is leading to results. I feel better. I feel stronger. And I know I'm not done. I'm, I'm a month and a half in, and I'm like ready to quit. I'm encouraged to keep going. The Word of God wants to come alongside your life, and God will speak to your life where you're like, Lord, I just want to be blessed in this area, so I'm going to read these passages. He's like, no, what I have for you today is squats. right? That's what I have for you, and you're going to do lots of them, but God, that doesn't feel good. He goes, yeah, not right now, but it's going to lead to transformation. Can we stand together? I want to do this first. If, if you're standing there today going, Pastor Barry, I've, I don't think I've ever heard the voice of God, and I'm not even sure I have a relationship with the Lord. I don't want to miss an opportunity. In fact, something that will happen the entirety of this year, and you can, if I miss a Sunday, you can call me out on it. I never want a Sunday to go by where we don't give an opportunity for, for people to give their lives to Jesus, because that's what we're about. We had three people last Sunday say yes to Jesus for the first time. And that's awesome. Yeah, we can praise God for that. But maybe today you're standing there going, I don't think I've ever heard the voice of God. In fact, some of what you're saying is just kind of foreign to me, but I know that I want it. With, I'm going to ask just for, for privacy, if you would bow your heads and close your eyes. Between the Lord and yourself, and I will be in agreement with you, but if that's you, if you'd like to say yes to Jesus, you've never committed your life to him, to following him. You've never come to sit at his feet before. I want to extend that opportunity today. So by simply raising your hand and looking up at me, I just want to agree with you. If that's you today and you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, if you want to come sit at his feet and, and have him be the Lord of your life, would you just simply raise your hand so I can see it? For, for all of us this morning. You can keep your eyes closed. God wants to speak to you. He's waiting. He is waiting to impart his wisdom and his truth and his word into your life. What he's waiting for is for you to come and sit at his feet. Would you commit right now 
If you're going to make a resolution this year, this is the one to make. Jesus, I commit to sit at your feet daily. In, a, in just the stillness of your heart, would you, we're going to take 10 seconds, 15 seconds, would you pray that and make that commitment to the Lord? Father God, we are overwhelmed by your love for us. You're a good, good Father. It's who you are. You give good gifts to your children. And Lord, the greatest gift that we have, that we can tangibly lay a hold of, is your words. And I pray, God, that your, our Bibles would go from holding a place on our shelves or, or being an app on our phone to be something that is living and active, as your word says in Hebrews, moving daily in our lives. Jesus, we invite you to speak to us. We want to come and sit at your feet. We want to be transformed in your presence. And Lord, I pray that over this next week and over this next year, God, that there would be such a deep work in Thrive Church as your people come and listen to what you have to say. I pray that dreams would be released, visions would be renewed, bodies would be healed, relationships would be restored, brokenness would be, broken hearts would be bound up and, 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 and put back together. And I pray, Lord, that the testimonies that would flow out of the simple act of, of being in the Word, Lord, would just overwhelm, Lord. I pray that we would run out of connect cards every Sunday as people write down the testimonies of what God is doing. We believe you for that. We trust we take you at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. One final thing. Next Sunday, after you take this week to read and journal and pray, would you find someone next week and tell them what God is speaking to you, to tell them how God is moving? Revelation 12 says, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Your testimony and what God is doing in your life is powerful. Grab a connect card next Sunday and write on the back. We have a place for Thrive Stories, for testimonies. Write down what God is speaking to you and what he's doing in your life because of your commitment to be in the word. And we'll give him glory for that. Let's worship together.